Did a fire in a Dublin whiskey storehouse kill more than a dozen people? Yes, but not how you think. The internet says it's true. Has this show lasted for 100 episodes? The internet says that's true as well. Welcome to a show where every week we learn something that sounds made up, but it's really true. Part of the WCBE podcast experience. My name is Michael Kent. Welcome back. We've been doing this for 100 weeks. Hey, Michael, this is Lisa Berry. I just wanted to say congratulations on 100 episodes of The Internet Says It's True. Um, I love the show. I've had fun every time I've been on also, it. And even when I'm not it? on it, I really enjoy listening to it. So congratulations, and here's your Hey, Michael, Chris Morrow here. So from those of us who have at least an inkling of how much work goes into each one of your podcasts, let me just say congratulations on 100 of them. I am so glad to see that the podcast has really taken off. As someone who loves collecting random facts and who works overnights alone, this is an amazing show for me to listen to. Congrats for all of the success, and here's to 100 more. A lot of new episodes, and this is the 100th, and we've got a new topic this week. We started the show in 2020. It was a pandemic project called Tell Me What to Google, and the idea with that was that someone tells me something to Google every week, and that's how this show came about. I changed the name after the first 25 episodes because it turns out having the word Google in your title makes it damn near impossible to be found on Google. So here we are, another story to tell you that sounds made up. Also, don't forget that Patreon members get special access to every episode a week early. They also get access to every episode ad-free and can watch the video recordings of my guest interviews, which are unedited and usually much longer than what you hear on the podcast. Uh, thank you to Dallas Ray, our most recent Gold Level member. Just go to patreon.com slash Michael Kent. Join up for as little as $1 a month. Now, about those video interviews... This episode, since it's the 100th episode, we're going to do it different. I am live streaming the guest interview part. And so we're going to do that. Hopefully, if I got you on social media, you'll see that come up on Twitch, Facebook, or YouTube. If you want to support the show another way, head over to the merch section of the website where I now have mugs and t-shirts available. The website is also where you can send in a topic. If you know something that sounds like it's made up but is absolutely 100% true, I want to know that. So you can do that by visiting the website and filling out the form right there on the sidebar of the homepage. That's what Nikki did. Let's hear what she had to say. Hey, Michael, it's Nikki. So I just learned about the Dublin Whiskey Fire, where apparently 13 people died, but not from the fire itself, from alcohol poisoning. I feel like this could just be a tale based on a bad stereotype, but who knows? Maybe it's true. Thanks, Nikki. It definitely sounds made up, and I agree. It could be something that's just based on a stereotype of the Irish. I want to also state here at the top of the episode, I spelled whiskey with an E in the title, and I know that that's a topic of debate, whether or not there should be an E in whiskey. You may notice some bottles have it, some don't. For some distilleries, it's a matter of tradition, but the most common distinction here is geographical. America and Ireland tend to use whiskey with an EY at the end, but when you get into Scotland, Japan, Canada, they go without the E, just S-K-Y at the end. So since we're in Ireland for this story, we use the E. But before we get into that story, it reminded me of a more recent piece of news from here in the U.S. 
For the Jim Beam Distillery, 4th of July weekend in 2019 was not one to celebrate. On the evening of July 3rd, a bolt of lightning hit one of their Frankfort, Kentucky warehouses and started an uncontrollable blaze. Between wood and flammable alcohol, the fire spread quickly. Fire units from four different nearby counties responded and the fire was so hot the plastic lights on the fire trucks melted. They made the decision to let the fire burn itself out. They contained it, but they wanted the distilled spirits to burn down because one of the major results of this fire was contaminated runoff. As the barrels burned, they leaked ethanol into Glen Creek, which then led to the Kentucky River and the larger Ohio River. So firefighters wanted to minimize the amount of bourbon entering the river. Even so, environmental experts found a large fish kill-off in the 62 miles of river where the bourbon runoff traveled. Jim Beam paid $600,000 in fines for damage to the environment. As far as the whiskey, the warehouse was a total loss. 45,000 barrels were destroyed. That's approximately 6 million bottles of bourbon. Take one down, pass it around, 5,900,999 bottles of bourbon on the wall. Now, to put that into context, it was about 1% of Jim Beam's total bourbon being stored. They have 126 warehouses in Kentucky with 3.3 million barrels. So the fire didn't affect supply at all, and Jim Beam ages their barrels for four years. These barrels hadn't yet broken the one-year mark, so it wasn't a huge loss in that regard. It seems like other than a small financial loss, the biggest impact was to the fish and the ecosystem. But in Dublin, Ireland, a fire that raged in the Liberties District in 1875 took 13 lives, and none of them were due to the fire itself. I'll tell you about that after a quick break. I love when I hear from an advertiser who shares my values, and Alder New York skincare is exactly that. Nina and David, the founders of this company, have put together a company that is meant to be inclusive. Their products designed to work for all skin types, no matter your age, your gender, or your ethnicity. And when you hear about a skincare company based in Brooklyn, you must think, oh, that seems like something that's actually kind of expensive. And that's not necessarily true. Clean, luxury skincare is what we're talking about here, and it doesn't actually break the bank. Alder New York makes skincare products with dermatologist-approved ingredients and plant-powered actives, and they start at $7.99. There's stuff on this website that you can go right now and afford. Their company has gotten praise from editors at Vogue, Harper's Bazaar, GQ, Men's Health, and more. Experience the products that Allure calls, quote, simple, sleek, and highly effective. Also, bonus for you, if you want 15% off your first order, go to AlderNewYork.com and enter promo code INTERNET. That's AlderNewYork, A-L-D-E-R NewYork.com, promo code INTERNET, or use the link in the show notes. Let's get back to the story. There's a long history of distillery fires in Kentucky. One of the worst ones was the Heaven Hill Fire in 1996. It was said to have destroyed 2% of the world's total amount of whiskey overnight. But no one died as a result. The fire we're going to talk about now ended up with the death of 13 Irishmen. Let's go back to 1875. The inner city area known as the Liberties is the oldest part of Dublin, Ireland. It's so old it can trace its origins all the way back to the Vikings. On Ardy Street in the Liberties neighborhood stood Lawrence Malone's pub and bonded storehouse. 
A bonded storehouse was a place where barrels of whiskey from various distilleries were stored, and a whiskey bonder would make private label blends and small batch bottles from those barrels. Malone's storehouse held 5,000 barrels of whiskey, half a million liters. He was the largest and most successful whiskey bonder in all of Dublin. Around 4.35 p.m. on June 18, 1875, someone from Malone's checked on the storehouse and all was well. But sometime between then and 8.30 p.m., a fire started. No one knows exactly how it began. But again, high test alcohol plus wood equals quick spreading fire. By 9.30, the fire was raging so hot that barrels were exploding, throwing flaming alcohol into the air and out the windows of the storehouse. It was a combination of immature spirits, whiskey, brandy, and wine, and it was basically like gasoline flowing out the doors and windows of the building, burning with a blue flame as it ran. The fire brigade was a tiny group of just 23 men, led by fire captain Robert Ingram. He had worked as a fireman in both New York and London and was the very first superintendent of the relatively new fire brigade. They had only organized 13 years prior, and most Dublin citizens didn't support the idea of a centralized fire brigade for the city. Some Dubliners didn't like the idea of poor citizens who didn't pay into the system getting the benefit of a fire service for free. Even though the fire brigade was only a group of 23, only 15 could be rounded up to fight the blaze at Malone's. It wasn't enough. The police showed up and immediately called for 150 more police officers and eventually 200 military men. By this time, two buildings were burning, both Malone's storehouse and the adjoining Reed's Punch House pub, shooting flames high into the air, 30 feet above the roof, as burning whiskey continued spilling into the streets, glowing blue with flame. A total of $6 million of whiskey in today's money. The river of burning whiskey was rushing down the street six inches deep. It destroyed entire houses as it flowed down Cork Street, R.D. Street, Chamber and Mill Streets. The firemen couldn't fight it with water. That would just help spread the burning whiskey, which would float on top of the water. They started tearing apart the street and trying to dam the flow of whiskey with gravel and rocks, and that didn't work. Finally, Captain Ingram ordered the men to bring wagons of horse manure, something they had in plentiful supply. They mixed horse manure with supplies from the nearby tannery and ashes to finally stop the flow of burning whiskey. They stopped it just in time to save the convent as the fire spread toward Combe. The scene in the Liberties was chaos. Animals were panicking, crying, and running everywhere in the streets. And the citizens of Dublin had crowded around at the spectacle of a blue glowing river of alcohol in the night. By the end of the entire debacle, 13 people died. But strangely, none of them died from fire. None of them died from smoke inhalation. Every single death was attributed to alcohol poisoning. A total of 24 hospitalizations and 13 dead, all from drinking too much. As the river was flowing through the neighborhood, people were grabbing bowls and drinking it. Men took off their hats and filled them up to get a sip. Some were even reported to remove their boots to fill them up with free whiskey. And much of that whiskey was immature, unaged, pure alcohol, much stronger than what they were used to drinking. Peter Paul McSwiney, the Lord Mayor, thanked the fire brigade and police for evacuating the building so quickly, but lamented the loss of life due to alcohol poisoning. He said that the deaths of those who drank the fire whiskey would have happened in, quote, any city where there was a tendency to indulge immoderately in drink. He said, in the present case, the unfortunate victims apparently 
could not restrain themselves, as I understand, from the burning fluid. There is a happy ending, though. This fire was the catalyst to add certain fire protection measures to storehouses, and it helped Captain Ingram finally convince the public of the importance of a large, centralized fire brigade. They had proven their value in saving not only countless lives, but a large part of the city. Had it not been for their efforts, it definitely would have been worse. The newspapers were afraid of the story making Irishmen look like uncontrollable drunks, and they played it down. Whiskey manufacturers didn't talk about it because they didn't want people to think that drinking their whiskey was deadly. So while it plays into the derogatory stereotypes of the Irish, it definitely happened. The internet says it's true. It's time for the part of the podcast where I call a friend, and today we're calling Dan Wilbur. Dan's a comedian. He's funny. He's been opening for Patton Oswalt. That's all you need to know about Dan. He's a good dude. And as a special treat for the 100th episode, we're recording this as a live stream. So there may be additional comments from people watching and sending messages. I see great balls of lint says woo, which is fantastic. They're sending messages. Also, we're going to do 10 questions for this one instead of just five. So what is up, Dan Wilbur? It's good to see Hi, you, man. it's good to be here. Yeah, I'm, I'm so happy that you got 100 episodes. Thank you. You've been on uh, a few now, right? And I, you know what? I don't think I've ever missed a question. So <laughs> I don't know if the, that's true. This is the one. <laughs> Maybe. Well, you, well, ask, you, you go back and check the record, listeners. Actually, I may, because if that's true, you may be the only one to, to do that, uh, to have multiple multiple uh all fivers so this is 10 questions and there are some tough ones here i don't honestly i don't care if you get them all right or don't get them all right and i also didn't do any stakes for this except for jokes we're doing all jokes tonight oops this is the I, oops all jokes edition of yeah, of I, the internet says can it's true. i cite my sources yes oops, yes what do you have today uh i got the encyclopedia friars club and encyclopedia of jokes okay and i have my joke thesaurus okay and Oh okay. yeah, there it is. We got there the it is. we got the encyclopedia. You got the joke not, thesaurus. Not a bad reference book, honestly. Really? Neither of them. They're very good. And uh, but if you find the shorter ones and you find the ones that are attributed to anonymous, you can see where the editors are. Re- we're really just trying to kill time. You know what I mean? They're really <laughs> just trying to. I've also trying get, got trying to stretch to the next bit. I've got Milton Berle's private joke file. Well, here. that's actually uh, a brilliant. Uh, and you know what? <laughs> Let's go through and highlight what will get him canceled. <laughs> no, everything you know in these books. All the Dixon's joke treasury and 5001 and two liners for any and every occasion. So regardless of whether or you not get not whether or not you get the questions right, we're going to have good jokes. Um, well, okay, we're gonna have jokes. Yes, we're gonna have jokes. Well, I haven't picked them, so I'm I'm just telling you these are That's cold fine. readings. Same here. I, I want to do Phyllis Diller proud when I say them, <laughs> and uh, I I was really sad that I couldn't find. Uh, I I'm sure I threw it out that I had a great book called uh, Overheard at the Country Cafe, and it was all oh. jokes you could tell in front of old people <laughs> old, at a cafe, old white men. Uh, yeah, just sp- speaking of the old. Yeah, it's a different vibe now. You know, you're a comedian, and speaking of the old style of comedy, have you been watching Hacks? Oh, yeah. It's so good. I I, I, I really enjoy it. I've been really, really like, we, we, we need to catch up on it. We haven't been, we haven't continued watching it. Uh, I think but, the opening of, uh, opening of Hacks is pretty, the most accurate thing that I've seen about 
uh, how a young comic's life goes for probably the first 12 years. I'll let you know when it changes for me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, and then, and then the rest of it is also basically what it is. Cause comedy's an apprenticeship. Yeah. You need constant. someone to come adopt you when you're 12. Yeah. They don't do that anymore. You have to be a, an adult, but <laughs> well, I mean, you know, there are open mic nights every night, right? Like there's something there's somewhere every night for someone to go and cut their teeth in mm-hmm. comedy. How long ago was it that you were doing those? I, well, I mean, how long ago still, did I do an open no, mic? No, I mean, you're still doing them. But how long ago was it that that's all you were doing and you weren't working? Yeah. Uh, when I first moved to New York, anytime you move somewhere new, it takes a little while to find a good space. And yeah. then in New York, it always changes. So sometimes you're, you're, you're getting booked on a lot of shows and then uh, you get the rug pulled out from under you and you got to start going to some good mics again. But I, I still do. I still do. Um, this Halyard's mic, at least pre-COVID, I did. Yeah. Uh, and I, I loved it. It was a bunch of really good comedians. It was all guys that had done it for like 10 years. And we all we were all doing new jokes. That's great. And uh, that's the good vibe. You know, people, sure. it's just like daily show writers walking in to try a one-liner. And you're like, I guess. That's I don't know what, what we're doing here, guys. Yeah, at that point, just, and, yeah. That's a, that's. But really, the answer is like the first six months that I lived in New York. So that was when I was like 20 mm-hmm. and now I'm 35. So it's 35. been about 15 years since yeah. I strictly did open mics. Now you're, now you're working pro. I love it. Uh, let's get into this. So I, you already know that the, this is about whiskey because of the poster for this week's uh, yes. thing, but you don't know anything about other than that, what, what this is about. So here's your first question, Dan. The Dublin whiskey fire happened in 1875. <laughs> oh, no. And it's basically, it was a storehouse with 5,000 barrels of whiskey, which burned. 13 people died. This is multiple choice. How did they all die? Was it A, from fire, B, from smoke inhalation, or C, alcohol poisoning? <laughs> I'm going to go with B, smoke inhalation, just because I've... I, I don't know if it was Scruff McGruff or somebody taught me what I was going to die of, you know, when I was a kid. <laughs> is Scruff McGruff the real name of the dog or did you just give him a first no, name? McGruff is, is Scruff McGruff is the one that's like, you need to take a bite out on of your crime. parents. Yeah, yeah that's you the need crime to dog. Is there a, selling drugs. I don't know if there's but a I think fire he one. Did, I think he had an offshoot with... Uh, yeah, Smokey the Bear. Smokey the Bear. Different yeah, but Smokey breed, the Bear is outside... Yeah, there's there's some some animal cartoon taught me that I was going to die or it was because, uh, you know, I was at some witch burnings and I, I knew <laughs> that we were all disappointed that the witch died before the fire could get to her feet. So is that right? Smoke inhalation. Yeah. yeah you you yeah, wanted yeah. the. Oh, well, OK. So smoke inhalation is what you're going with. The answer is alcohol poisoning. No. <laughs> yes. It's not just a horrible play on a stereotype. It's true, uh, and that's why this was an interesting story this week. They uh, so this this storehouse when it burned, it resulted in a six inch deep river of whiskey pouring down the streets in downtown Dublin, and people were literally taking off their hats, scooping it up, and drinking it. Twenty four people were hospitalized, and thirteen died from alcohol poisoning. Um, so there's your yeah, un- unbelievable. I- Love that. That means you and, get to yeah, start off well, on the jokes tonight. I wish I had the Milton Berle 
joke book because I'm sure there's a hundred pages about Irish people drinking in it. You're probably so, right, actually. I have more thoughts on the Irish I'll share with you in 10 seconds. Um, <laughs> okay. okay, here we go. Uh, oh, this is about husbands. Oh, good. Oh, good. Uh, a husband is what's left of a man after the nerve has been extracted. Oof. You know, I'm a, I'm a husband, so really yeah, well, speaks to me. Okay, there you go. Probably written in. I should probably tell you who wrote that joke. That was Helen Rowland. Helen Rowland. Yeah. Who was on her fourth husband when she wrote that joke. Yes, exactly. Yeah, I think so. Question. There was um. Yeah, so, wait, I just want to say that the Oh, the you had thing, thoughts about the Irish. Just the, impo- I, I was thinking about how, um, just bear with me while I, I don't know how long you want this pod. I, it doesn't matter. Well, this is a Let's special 100th hours. episode special. It doesn't okay, matter. And I get 100 uh, new jokes to okay. test on you. I was just thinking of how funny it is whenever I think of like white European stereotypes. It's not just the Irish. It's all of them are known for booze. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're like Russians, vodka, the right. French, wine, Germans, beer. And then I was just like, oh, we're, that's why we all look like we're 80 yeah. when we're 45. Yeah. We're just hammered. And then I was like, well, you know, and I was thinking of, you know, I looked up like what's Nigeria known for? And it's yams. They produce all the yams for the entire world. And I was like, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'm sure there are also alcoholics there. I want to be fair. No, but you're but, probably uh, right. And it says a lot know, about to, our lack of culture. Like we don't have other, <laughs> like we um, have no, no, nothing to be proud no, of. We so to, we just drink. Yes. The Irish are known for not having enough yams and uh, <laughs> they, they died. Oof. This is really sad. Anyway, the, the important thing to remember about the Irish is that they killed their landlords before they came here. And that's, we should all be remembering that Irish heritage. Is that real? Um, is that, yeah, that's a real thing. The, uh, the landlords were the worst part that were a scourge on the Irish people. And, uh, so the, and I think they killed seven of them and then ran to America to oh. flee the, the mob. Seven. There were seven, la- seven landlords in all of Ireland, just holding all the all, land. And if you owned some land in Ireland, yeah. you needed to make friends quick. <laughs> They're coming for you. Let's move on. Question two. Sure. Here's your question. The first distillery to make Irish blended whiskey was the Daniel E. Williams Distillery in Tullamore, which started in 1829. The barrels were stamped D.E.W. Tullamore was also noteworthy for what other first in 1785? So this town of Tullamore had a, a very important first. It was one of these. A. Having Ireland's only automobile. B, being the first city in Ireland to have a telephone, or C, being the site of the world's first air disaster. Now, how would I know this? <laughs> you wouldn't. <laughs> it's not about you knowing it. It's about Every you guessing. Every time and- we've had questions, there's like a, you know, which came first, and I could do some, no, I could this- use... This knowledge one that is I have probably the hardest. Guess. Yeah, all of these are going to be guesses, but but this is I'm interesting. Going, I'm going C, being the site of the world's first air disaster. Yes. Okay. So lock it in. Lock it in. The answer is C, the site of the world. I didn't think you would get that one because you think air disaster 1785. No way. But a hot mm-hmm. air balloon was taking off in the center of Tullamore. It was believed to have become snagged on a chimney. 
brought the balloon down. It crashed into homes. They all burned. The ensuing fire destroyed a portion of the town. It was rebuilt, giving rise to the depiction of a phoenix on the town's coat of arms. Some sources suggest it was only the third time a hot air balloon took off in Ireland. Reports from the Times said that as many, as many as 100 homes were engulfed by the blaze, completely destroying Patrick Street. Wow. There you go. I need a, to give you a joke. Should I do the same book you did Please. or do a different book? No, do, do a different book. Let's do Milton Berle. I've memorized this book. <laughs> let's yeah. Do, let's do Milton Berle. I'm going to be honest. I got that one right because it sounded like the least obvious one. I, I found, uh, I just opened it to football. So that's good because we got yes. football starting here in a few weeks. One football fan lived and died by his favorite football team in the fall. He had no time for his family or children. He could be found only on the couch, a six-pack, or part of one at his side and his eyes glued to the TV screen. One day his wife marched up in front of the screen, opened her house dress, and said with finality, Okay, Buster, play me or trade me. Nice. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, a lot of marital jokes in these, I feel. We're saying he wrote that. He <laughs> sat down and he was like... I got to write jokes that everyone will tell. It says there are 10,000 of these in this book. I, I think it's true. <sighs> Unbelievable. That's, I mean, it's a joke long career. File. So, yeah, the mm -hmm. joke file. I, yeah, what, what I love to picture when I hear the, the name joke file as a title for a book is some poor guy who had to go through Milton Berle's files and, mm -hmm. and compile these jokes into a book and decide which ones could go in there and which ones to throw out. I'm not... Uh... I'm not looking forward to even someone related to me looking through an old notebook of mine. You done that? It's terrifying. I, I have mine's, you know, mostly Apple notes, the notes app. Right. And I go through it and have no idea what anything means because mine is usually not just a joke. It's usually, you know, some sort of setup for a scenario on stage with props and things that people are doing. And I have no idea what any of it means. And it's it's fascinating to read sometimes. And sometimes it's not for me. Sometimes I'm watching a friend's show and they ask me to make notes. And so, I, you know, I have no chance at figuring out what this meant. <laughs> Someday we should do that. We should just do a podcast where the if you get the question wrong, you have to like read from your old joke. Notebook. Oh, my God, I'd love to do that. That would be a lot of fun. That'd be yeah. a good premise for like a show, like a live show. Well, there's a good show called Mortified where you read from your diary. Yes, that's great. But Great. But a good, yes, a, it would be a good live show for comedians to do their own set list from back in the day and try to make it funny or, yeah. Absolutely. So uh, let's move on to question three. In whiskey distilling, what is known as, quote, the angel's pinch? It is okay. it. It's, it's, it's also known as the angel's share. Ooh, the angel's so. share. So I feel like you're, you're already onto this one. Do you want to give an answer before I read these? Uh, no, you should read them. Okay. I, I thought it was the part that evaporated on the top of the, the beer or whatever it is. Okay. The 2% yeah. of whiskey that's get absorbed, that gets absorbed into the barrels. That's a B mm -hmm. the first taste of a cask of whiskey sampled with a two called tool called a thief or C the feeling of having diarrhea from drinking too much whiskey. The angels. <laughs> no, pinch. So it's, it's a, it's a, it's the, the ones that the yes angels have absorbed. You are absolutely correct. It is A, approximately 2% of whiskey gradually evaporates through the barrels each year. This is famously known as the angel's share, like you said. Now, and am closely I smart? You are. Am I smart or an alcoholic? You. <laughs> That's you the name judge. of this game. Smart or alcoholic. <laughs> uh, let's change books. 
Let's go. We're going to go with Dixon's Joke Treasury, and we're going to see if this truly is a treasure. Random page. Uh, Those are too long. Let's get to something. Um, The name of that chapter was Too Much Saxon Violence. Unbelievable when the chapter title is a pun. Kills with the second graders. Okay, here's, here's one. This is all puns. A noted dog trainer gives a party in honor of his most talented animal, a spaniel. As part of the festivities, this spaniel sits down at a baby grand and begins playing a box sonata. During the recital, one of the guests begins to talk loudly and the dog growls and chases the noisy guest out of the room. Don't worry, the, tra- the trainer shouts nervously. His bock is worse than his bite. Bock. Give it a golf clap. Bock. Oof. Golf clap. Bock, bock, bock. <laughs> Unbelievable. That's, I mean, I, I knew that's what we were getting into. We're, we're having to tell jokes um, because, honestly, and, and uh, Josh called it in the chat, is that because you're out of stickers? That is absolutely correct. We, I am out of, the internet says it's true, stickers. Question three, famously, always a sticker. I probably owe you at least three by now. Um, so I thought of an, another great idea for a show is that yeah. you read the setup to these jokes and then you try to see if I can come up with the pun punchline. <laughs> that would be good for that chapter. We'll You're try like, that. How does a clam, what does a clam do on his birthday? And then you just have to wait. Oh my gosh. No one gets it. <laughs> that would be good. I now, don't know. I've, it might be terrible. I've lost I the, think of the, the page where the, where the puns were, but uh, if I find that again, we'll, we'll do that yeah. game. Uh, okay. Question four. The name Dublin comes from a Celtic word, dub, like D-U-B-H, Lynn, L-I-N-N. And it directly translates into something that is the name of a city in the UK. Okay. So Dublin translates into this city's name. Which city is it? A, Maiden's Hill, B, Liverpool, or C, Blackpool? All right. I... Don't have any idea. I can't pick this apart. I don't know enough. I feel like a fraud. I'm going to go with, what was the B? B, B? B was Liverpool. It's A was Maiden's Hill and C is Blackpool. I'm going to go um, C, Blackpool. And I have no idea why. You are correct. You are correct, and you are one for four. Three for four. Sorry, three for four. Yes. You've only gotten one wrong so far. Uh, yeah. The first one. Yeah, Black, Dublin means Blackpool, which I thought it was weird because there's a Blackpool in, in England. So, yeah. Northern England. It's, yeah. Uh, okay, oh, let's do this here. Here's a, here's a joke, even though uh, we'll, we'll do this one your way. So I'm going to read the pun. You, you say the last line. You're- Yeah, you read the setup. Hold on. Let's see if I can do this. Okay, so the last line, this is a conversation. A woman opened a refrigerator and spied a rabbit there. The woman says, what are you doing in my icebox? The rabbit says, this is a Westinghouse, isn't it? Woman says, yes. The rabbit says. Well, you bunny let me out. I have no idea. Let's go back. What is a Westinghouse? What is a a Westinghouse? it's It's a brand of refrigerator. Oh, this is a Westinghouse, right? Yeah. And the rabbit Well in the rabbit says I heard that they never stop running, just like me, a <laughs> rabbit, which actually stops running very fast. And it's not what this uh, book says. Oh, <laughs> uh, what is the answer? This is a Westinghouse, isn't it? The woman says yes. The rabbit says, I'm just Westing. 
Because uh, it's a uh, rabbit. Oh. <laughs> Oh, last thing I thought that would be a Elmer Fudd yeah. line, you know. I'm just Westing. If 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 yeah, that should should have been. If it was Elmer Fudd in the ice box, you would have gotten that. Yeah. Question five, right in front of me. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's just fine. When you when you hear it, I love I love this game. It's fine. Which one of these is the true origin of the word proof as it pertains to alcohol? So one of these is where they got mm. the word proof. A Rum was tested by putting it on gunpowder. If the cannon still fired, it was proof that the drink was strong enough. If it if uh, if it was at least fifty percent, the cannon would fire, meaning it was one hundred percent one hundred proof, one hundred percent effective. Uh, hmm. B. It comes from the Celtic word "ploof," meaning someone who is drunk. Or C. Nobody knows the true origin of the word "proof." Oh, weird. I'm going to go with A because it had the most detail. Yeah. Uh, the answer, believe it or not, sorry to tell you, it's A. The most detail, it yeah. was the yeah gunpowder. So that's how they knew whether or not the, the alcohol, the whiskey, it was, it was actually rum uh, on, the, on the ships and the Royal Navy. They would put the wow. rum with the gunpowder. If the cannon would still fire, that meant there was at least 50% alcohol content or greater, which means it would still fire. So where, what, how does, wait, does that then apply to why proof is half? Like if it's a hundred proof, it's half. Okay. Yeah. But it doesn't really make sense, sense for if it's like it doesn't 40, 80, you know, like right. I guess. Yeah. And that's why you don't have beer, like wine and beer don't have proof. It's just your alcohol content, your ABV. Oh my God. Can you imagine a, anything above like a 20 they keep adding alcohol to beer yeah so it's like so close to just having a shot inside of I, a regular beer uh, yeah i i We're like to get there this double ipa that's like eight <laughs> seven no seven point six or something i've been drinking yeah, they're gonna it's get really up good. to like a, a 20 percent. you know what i've been drinking go, though oh, i'm gonna die i'm i'm not afraid not ashamed to admit i've been getting into the seltzers all right i was not a fan of the seltzers but i tried the bud light like soda seltzers my my stepbrothers had it on vacation and i tried it and they're really good like they taste just like rc cola and stuff so yeah i'm doing those and they're five percent ten proof no two and a half proof i guess no that would be that would be ten proof you double it yeah yeah i've been drinking ten the proof. ten proof seltzers the old ten proof <laughs> so ridiculous i like this game with more questions we've got four more to go and you're doing very well you've only missed one so far question six the neighborhood where the Dublin whiskey fire took place is the Liberties in the southwest part of the city. What extremely famous tourist attraction is in the Liberties? You would not know this unless you'd been there. Again, this is a tough one. A, the Blarney Stone. B, the Lucky Charms Factory. Or C, the Guinness Storehouse. Okay, so I'm going to say Lucky Charms are not... Um, an Irish <laughs> invention and that someone is offended. Someone's deeply offended. And that I'm going to say they're, I, I think I'm thinking they're Kellogg's. <laughs> they don't need Are to be offended posts? by this podcast. They need to be offended by whoever makes lucky charms because it was, they're the ones creating this. They're using the stereotype. Oh, okay. That's true. Yes. You should be offended. I think the Blarney stone is somewhere that I've heard of. And so I'm going to see, Whatever that was. The Guinness Storehouse. The Guinness Storehouse. You 
have continued your streak. You're one for six. Yes. You owe me a joke from last time. But oh, by the shoot. Way. I do. I need, I need to double it up. Dude. All right. We're going to keep the, the finish the pun game. This is fun. Okay. I'm ready. I'm ready. I, hold on. <laughs> Get in my zone. Joke zone. Okay. I do this. Okay. Here okay, it is. Two microbes become bored with life in the lymph system of a horse. And they move into the animal's blood system where they are immediately killed by a dose of penicillin. What is the moral? The moral is you don't beat a dead horse <laughs> with microbes. You don't. You got the wait. first right word right. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. You don't? Is it don't? Yeah. Do, don't go through look your, a gift horse you go, in no, the a, bloodstream. It's a different horse-related idiom. Oh. <laughs> Mr. Ed, more like Mr. Dead What's, what's another microbes. famous horse-related idiom starting with don't? Uh, don't. Don't. There's also a great song um, with this as the title. Uh, Two microbes oh, no. in the lymph system, they move into the animal's blood system where they are immediately killed by penicillin. And it's not don't look a gift horse in the mouth. It it's is not. Don't look a, don't look, don't sneak up on the back of a horse in its bloodstream. <laughs> you got phrase. another word, right? You got another oh. word in there. <laughs> you can lead a horse to water, <laughs> but you can't. can't go in its bloodstream without being killed by penicillin. Do you want to hear the answer? Yes, it I do. is. Don't change streams in the middle of a horse. Oh, there you go. Again, it's right there. It's I really, right there. I was so close. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So I owe you a second one. Let's try this one. This yeah. is another animal related. Don't change, street. Don't change horses in midstream. I got yeah. it. Two snakes oh. are talking about the social airs being put on by an old acquaintance. Just think, <laughs> says one. Uh, <laughs> oh, is that it? <laughs> Uh, I need to give you more than this. I just think says one. I knew her back when, uh, uh, when she was just an egg. She, I knew her back when she didn't have fangs. <laughs> this one <laughs> is, she didn't, uh, have a, too... <laughs> she didn't have a lisp. She got her lisp. This fixed. is, this is another saying, um, Oh, uh, Taylor okay. Taylor Hurt is in the chat. Says this makes me miss JST joke story trick. Me too. This is fun. Uh, two snakes are talking about the social airs being put on by an old acquaintance. Just think, says one. I knew her back when she didn't have a pit to hiss in. Oh my God! I would have never gotten that. No. <laughs> but that is that's very good. Ugh. That's a that's genuinely a good. Uh, okay, a pit to clever hiss in. idea that you know. It wouldn't. It's not funny, but it is clever. <laughs> it's clever. Yeah, that's. Oh, Carol Baker got it. A pit to hiss in. He got it in the chat. Uh, uh, okay, so let's keep going here. Question seven. In Irish history, the troubles refers to uh, what? A. It's the diarrhea it. from a night of drinking. B. <laughs> the period of time where the country experienced a potato famine. Or C. The thirty-year conflict around the status of Northern Ireland. It's C. Wow. It's C You're and you should read them. It's should... C. It's a great book called The Milkman. Oh. You should read it. Okay. Uh, there's another one called uh, Never 
Well, there's, I don't know. I've I've read multiple books about the troubles. I've been reading, and a there's book. Dairy Girls. Dairy Girls. Dairy Girls is so good. I've been reading a book uh, called uh, Peaky Blinders. Uh, it's a TV show, actually. <laughs> it's a TV show called Peaky Blinders. <laughs> also deals with this, and Dairy Girls does. Uh, you are correct, of course. The Thirty Year Conflict around the status of Northern Ireland. You still only missed one, the very, very first one. Um, let's move. Let's move to. A, I'm going to move to a five thousand one and two liners for any and every occasion. Uh, okay. Doc, there's something wrong with my stomach. Doctor says, keep your coat buttoned and no one will notice it. Let's go back to the pun game. Pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> Let's go back to the pun game. This it was more fun. my finger when I do this. <laughs> yes. Uh, da, 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 da. Oh, this one's, you'll get this one. There was once a little snail who loved fast sports cars. He bought himself a red Porsche and painted a big red S on each door. One day, while going down the highway at 100 miles per hour, he was spotted by a state trooper who said to his partner, You, you think they're sluggish. You don't know But they this are one. actually fast. This is an old one. Okay, hold on. Uh, if that... I... I wait. <laughs> More like a snail's race no, instead of a, a snail's pace. There's a red Porsche with a big red S on each door. Oh, um, was that Superman in there <laughs> or, uh, I think snails, I'm going there, to snails race. There are, there are people screaming at their, at their oh, podcast I know what it right was. now. The cop saw it and he said, I think that had a tail light out. You're missing this on purpose. And we're going to shoot him. You're missing this said. on purpose. Right. Everyone knows this joke. Do you not th- know? Do it. you don't know? Okay. I don't know it. He was spotted by the state trooper who said to his partner, brother, look at that S car go. Ah, <laughs> Carol Baker was, once uh, again got I it was, in the chat. I was raised by uh, actual funny people, so <laughs> well, they didn't they didn't tell jokes like this. In the chat, Josh goes, "I'm screaming, but not the answer." <laughs> <laughs> Just let's, in pain. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry, buddy. All right. Oh my gosh, I, I needed a laugh tonight. Thank you for this. Question eight: True or false? The state of Kentucky has more barrels of bourbon in storage than it has people. Oh, that's true. It's true? I think. That's what you're going with? True? True. No third option on this one. True, false, or eh? Uh, true. If I miss the 50% uh, odds, I should really stop gambling. You got it. It's true. There are yes. 10 million barrels currently aging in Kentucky. That's two barrels for every Kentuckian. So, I knew it. You know, for the next this Civil War Part Two, go to Kentucky. It's because I went to bourbon. one distillery, yeah, and there were a million barrels in the distillery, and it was like next to a river where, and no one was around. So yeah. that's which, my guess. Which like, distillery did you go to? Here. I went to Buffalo Trace. How was it? Um, you know what? It was great when I was there, and then I bought a bottle of Buffalo Trace, and it felt like the second I put it into my body it felt like i'd been smoking for 30 years <laughs> so I, I i had to so i'm sure it's a great whiskey i know it's very popular among whiskey snobs so yeah. i think it's great i was not ready yeah you know what i mean we were talking about cigars very early on oh. and i'm i'm now conditioned to smoke like a dark cigar sure and handle a heavy i don't bit do of, i can't uh, do the maduro wrapper i'm all connecticut yeah, shade doing, over here yeah, yeah, I'm doing Maduros. I'm doing high, wow, high nicotine cigars, and uh, but whiskey is just I, 
it's a bridge too far for me. Not to. Uh, Let's see. Our friend Taylor in the uh, in the chat says her brother in law works at Buffalo Trace. Uh, oh, well, I you saw should try him, Eagle Rare. Only, okay, I'll try right. some Eagle Rare. Yeah. So uh, this is this. Oh, so you got that one right again. I need another joke. Let's try yeah, another pun right. game since we're this is this is apparently what we're doing. Um. Oh God. Okay. Here we go. This is a good one. In ancient Greece, cargo. In ancient right. Greece, Zeus visits a young man named Benny. Tells mm-hmm. him he can be immortal if he agrees to remain unshaven. If you shave, says the king of the gods, you will burn and your ashes will remain forever in an urn. All goes well for centuries, but one day in the 20th century, Benny falls in love with a woman who insists that he shave. He figures that Zeus has forgotten by now and he shaves. The ancient curse is immediately carried out. Moral of the story? Is, uh... His name is Benny. Is uh, I Benny won't shave if I put a curse on him. His punishment will be that he will burn and his ashes will remain forever in an urn. Oh. Burn urn. Benny and the Jets. (laughs) Hold on. (laughs) Benny. Burn burn urn shaving. I almost got it. Yeah. Yeah. All of those words. (laughs) The moral of the story is if you try to pull a fast one it's, on Zeus, I'll he tell will you. become a goose and <laughs> let it loose in there sight are, of another there human are being. Three and puns in the punchline. So uh, oh I'm not sure well, you'd get this one. But uh, the moral of the story is a Benny shaved is a Benny earned. Oh, no. I forget. <laughs> I forget you have to think of the puns. Yeah, I should have just been going like Benny, Jenny, Lenny, Penny. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a penny. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my gosh. What a fun game. Okay, we're getting down to the end of it. Where This is question nine. You are currently one for eight. eight. <laughs> I keep saying that. You're, you're seven for eight. You That's are right. darn near. I want to give you that first question back. Question nine. One US... I wouldn't get it right. I, I can't remember what it was. <laughs> I know. Rob says in the chat, says, please keep this going. Question nine says, one U.S. state has named whiskey as its official state beverage. Which one of these states is it? Is it A, Alabama, B, Tennessee, or C, Ohio? All right. I'm going to say Ohio's drink's national beverage is Zima. They're a real (laughs) Zima people. And I'm allowed to say that because I'm from Cleveland. Just, you know, just a well, bland. I, well, I told you I've before. been drinking seltzer. I know. And you're there. You're there I drinking the Bud Light seltzer. So we're between A and B. I think that now, see, now I'm trying to toy with the game. Right. Because I'm like, Tennessee seems like the obvious answer yeah. to me. But Alabama, and I'm, 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 I'm thinking that Tennessee, their national, I mean, their, their state beverage is, is, um, is, a poison moonshine you know like moonshine that's so it's 190 proof yeah. and it actually makes you blind and that whereas alabama they're sort of cultured and they're drinking the sazeracs over from louisiana so i'm gonna go alabama oh my gosh you got it right it's alabama yes! i thought yes! i would get you with that one with the tennessee you know what tennessee's <laughs> official state drink is it's milk what is it it's milk <laughs> <laughs> now that's that it, should be ohio state drink ohio's is tomato juice 
Oh, that's worse. <laughs> there were a whole I list of that. states with with state drinks. Now, uh, <laughs> Alabama's is Conecuh Ridge whiskey. It's a very specific type of risk whiskey marketed as Clyde Mays Alabama style whiskey, and it is essentially moonshine that has just been legalized. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh my God, that's so funny. <laughs> of all the states where milk, like, because Wisconsin milk, Vermont milk, like, yeah, like places where they're famous for their cows, like Midwest. It, there are a lot Tennessee of milk states. Just like, no, nah, we got to milk. <laughs> yeah, we be milk, milk boys. It's what it is. It's probably like you know they bring in the milk farmers one day into the state house, and then they have the special <laughs> unveiling for those milk farmers. Like our official, you know, we've removed all your subsidies, but guess what? We have an official state state drink now. It's milk. So yeah. So anywho, uh, Josh says Kansas and Missouri don't have an official beverage, but if it were up to the voters, it would probably be some barbecue sauce. That's yeah. probably true. <laughs> I was just about to say that. That's probably That's true. That yeah, but I've never heard of anyone calling tomato juice the state drink of Ohio. Never, never yeah. heard it. You're one yeah. for nine. You're eight for nine. I keep just trying to give you eight the one. You've nine. missed yeah, one stop for trying nine. To erase, stop stealing valor. You're eight and one. Um, and and you. This is question ten. In this one, is going to do a joke? No. Are we? Oh done? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Let's do a joke. Let's do a joke. We can't. We can't. Let do the game. Go. The game. I got to find one that's good. I have none. Um, okay, here it is. <laughs> nope. Not you're not going to get that. Oh jeez! Come on, a bird in the hand is worth two in the bush. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, I read that one. Okay. Oh, she was putting on airs. It was, she was throwing a real hissy fit. Thank you. I'm a snake. Okay. I'm thinking of all the puns of the old ones. Now I don't know what this is, but we're gonna read it. Um, because that's the that's the whole thing. A dentist becomes completely obsessed by floss. There's your first sentence. His compulsion becomes so great that he buys a Rowan, a Rowan horse, Rowan horse, R-O-A-N, a Rowan horse to help him gather floss for his growing collection. Another dentist becomes even more compulsive and steals the first man's horse, but the horse refuses to help him. The moral of the story. The moral, moral of the story is you can, f- you is don't steal. Okay, if you're out stealing horses <laughs> for floss and you're a dentist, it's um, uh, a, uh if you look a gift horse in the mouth, <laughs> he he better have been flossing. There's I'm a dentist. <laughs> I'm a. I'm so dumb. This isn't. These are like this one is is. It's is got it, the word "roan" in the in the punchline. Oh, okay. So, um, uh, I mean, "roan" got was a roan, really, really shoehorned our, in there. I've got a "roan" to pick, and and then in parentheses it says "water pick" uh, <laughs> because it's a dentist. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I've got a "roan" to pick with this horse thief. No, oh no, it's uh, not all Democrats are horse thieves, but all horse thieves are. Refusing to floss. That's it. No, yeah, it's right. uh it, it, the the moral of the story is a stolen roan gathers no floss. Boo, <laughs> boo. If that's you go good. up that's to one hundred people and ask them what a roan is, 
100 <laughs> of them will not know. Yeah, the 47 Ronin horses. Thank you. Oh I'm just like God. thinking of random ideas that make no sense. And that's what puns are all about. I, I have one last question for you. And I'm if you excited. get this wrong, I'm banning you from this show. You'll never come back on. And I want to thank you for being here. You, you're nine for ten. So you're 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 no. I will nine. be nine for ten. Okay. Yeah. Here's your question. What is currently your favorite podcast? Oh, it's because the internet says it's true. No, no, not this one. Other than this one, I like to know. I, I like. To I know. listen every week. Thank and you. They know this. Thank you. I listen every week religiously to what a time to be alive. What a time to be alive. And they 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 count down weird stories. Okay, that's their niche. Like this like show, one of the weirdest stories, and it's four stories that you did not know about. About like current monkey stories. attacks. Yeah, current current stories. Okay. And then the last one's always something you do know about. It's just comedians riffing. Love but it. But it keeps me in the mindset of uh, how to how to stretch a joke, how to think about jokes from different angles. But let me ask you this: very very good. How are they with puns? Oh, they're. Um, I don't think that's what they're aiming for. <laughs> That's, we need but, to take uh, this game to them. I think they would hate everything that happened tonight. <laughs> <laughs> they would. I think I'd be barred from ever doing the podcast. That but. is a correct answer. <laughs> I'll be happy to have you on this podcast again anytime, Dan. You guys who are listening can catch Dan Wilbur hosting a weekly comedy show at Young Ethels in Brooklyn and follow him online at Dan Wilbur. That's Wilbur with a U. Also, he does the TikToks and he's great at it. Uh, and on TikTok, yeah. it's Dan Wilbur Comedy. So find him there. He really is good, better at the TikToks than I'm doing because I did really well for a short amount of time and then I got, I, I just got sick of it. We just got to return to our cars and start talking into That's all camera. I did. I did them all in yeah. my car. And the ones that I did kids, in my car kids love were the it. best one. I don't understand it. Yeah. I just, I just don't get it. For those of you watching this on live stream, you can catch me doing my show at The Station coming up this Thursday night in Hilliard, Ohio. That's where I live. But if you're listening to this on the podcast next week, sorry, you missed it. Uh, that is all for this week. Thanks to Nikki for the show topic and to Dan Wilbur for being my guest. Here's a kid who would hate if I called him Irish. Thank you for listening to The Internet Says It's True. To listen to episodes ad-free and a week early, support us on Patreon. You can do that at patreon.com forward slash Michael Kent. If you learned something just now that you didn't already know, go to the Apple Podcast app and leave us a review with five stars and a few words. That helps us a ton, because that's how the algorithm works. I don't know what an algorithm is, but just do it! See you next week for a brand new episode of The Internet Says It's True! The Internet Says It's True would like to thank the Patreon subscribers whose monthly contributions help to make this show possible. Dallas Ray, Sean Brown, Bryce Swanson, Eugene Anderson, Mac McVeigh, Jim Martin, Joanne Martin, and the show's official Emperor Kick Track. The show is written and produced by me, Michael Kent. The theme song is by Finite Music Forge, and additional music this week was from Zachariah Hill, Aaron Kenny, Nat Keefe, and Hot Buttered Rum. All audio clips in this episode are used for education and commentary, used under fair use Title 17 USC Section 107, and you can listen to past episodes by searching for The Internet Says It's True wherever you get your podcasts. You can see bonus content at Patreon. Patreon.com slash Michael Kent. That is 100 episodes in the can, my friends. <laughs>